February 23rd is a Russian holiday known as Defender of the Fatherland Day. It is a day meant to celebrate the armed forces and commemorate the founding of the Red Army. Ukraine used to celebrate the same day, being a key part of the Red Army, the Soviet Union. The holiday was abolished after the Maidan Revolution in 2014, where Ukraine made it clear that they would be looking to the West, not Russia, for its future. On February 23rd, Russia started its long-awaited invasion of Ukraine, to the shock of the world. Bias is impossible to not have, and before the invasion I was preparing this episode, I wanted to do a more Russian-friendly episode explaining the history of why Russia has legitimate claims in the Ukraine and Putin's concerns about a free and non-NATO-aligned Ukraine. Since the invasion, the narrative has turned overwhelmingly pro-Ukrainian, unless of course you live in a Russian-speaking country. I admit my bias is up front, and I will try to give a free and fair episode. On February 24th, Putin gave a speech where he said, I decided to conduct a special military operation. Its goal is the protection of the people who, for eight years, suffered from abuse and genocide from the Kiev regime. We urge you to lay down arms immediately and go home. I will explain. All servicemen of the Ukrainian army who comply with this requirement can freely leave the area of military action and return to their families. Whoever would try to stop us and further create threats to our country, to our people, should know that Russia's response will be immediate and lead you to such consequences that you have never faced in your history. We are ready for any outcome. The invasion now has been going on for five days. Western media has stated that the invasion is beginning to stall. A video showing a Ukrainian civilian passing by a Russian tank column, either broken down or out of gas, joking lightly with the Russian soldier that he would give them a tow back to Russia if they needed. Ukrainian airspace is still free, and not a single major city has been taken. Russian media is giving praise to its troops for doing a well job in liberating the Russian-speaking civilians of the Donbass and Luhansk regions. This Ukrainian region, with the majority Russian-speaking populace, has been embroiled in a conflict between Russian-backed separatists and the Ukrainian state since the Maidan Revolution and annexation of Crimea in 2014. Since it has only been five days, it's still too early to understand what is going on and which side is winning. To give a comparison, the doomed state of Poland, when it was being invaded by the Nazi and Soviet forces that started World War II, had not lost any major cities by day five. This is considered a massive victory for the German-Russian perspective. So much of this conflict has mirrored the Nazi invasion of Poland, including the invasion points. Ukraine has been invaded from three sides, the north from Russian ally-slash-puppet Belarus, who has been supporting Putin, but they have not yet committed troops, the Russian-majority-speaking east, bordering Russia, the Donbass and Luhansk war zones, the Russian-annexed Crimea, and Black Sea in the south. Both Russian President Vladimir Putin and Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky have called each other Nazis and drawn many comparisons to the Second World War. The Nazi rhetoric is logical from both sides. Putin has said for years that the Zelensky government and the West are racist Nazis who are not just harming, but actually genociding Russian-speaking peoples 
caught outside of the state of Russia after the collapse of the USSR. Putin's invasion of Ukraine is stated as being to free the Russian-speaking peoples of Ukraine. Ukraine sees itself in a similar position how it was when it was invaded in 1941. We only have to kick in the door and the whole rotten structure will come crashing down. Adolf Hitler on the proposed invasion of the Soviet Union. Putin, in a similar way of thinking to Hitler, believed that the peoples of Ukraine would not support their government and the majority would welcome the Russian intervention. He was very wrong about this. Since 2014 and the annexation of Crimea, the spirit of Ukrainian nationalism and statehood has changed. I, having lived in Ukraine as recently as last year, can tell you that Ukrainian identity and separation from Russia has become a major sticking point for those people. It was a bit of a taboo to speak Russian or show any aberration for the USSR days. Ukrainians have taken to the streets and rallied around their president, Volodymyr Zelensky, who, before his time as president of Ukraine, was a comedian. He played in a Ukrainian political satire. The story, ironically, was a high school history teacher in his 30s unexpectedly is elected president of Ukraine after a viral video filmed by one of his students shows him making a profane rant against government corruption in his country. President Zelensky was not particularly popular in his early days. His approval rating was sitting on 27%. In 2021, while I was there, I don't remember speaking to a single person who supported him. This idea about the Ukrainian president has changed thanks to his bravery in the last five days. President Zelensky was offered an evacuation from Ukraine from the US to a safer area in the European Union. When offered this, he reportedly replied, I don't need a ride, I need ammunition. Zelensky with his cabinet ministers has been defiantly posting videos all around Kiev's famous landmarks, showing he is still in the city and he will not run away. Всім добрий вечір. Лідер фракції тут. Голова офісу президента тут. Прем'єр-міністр Шмигаль тут. Подоляк тут. Президент тут. Всі ми тут. Наші військові тут. Слава нашим захисникам. Слава нашим захисницям. Слава Україні. He's supporting his country with cheers of Slava Ukraini, glory to Ukraine. Even Zelensky's predecessor, Petro Poroshenko, a Ukrainian oligarch, has been inspiring the people. He posted a video showing that he has not left Kiev and he also is fighting with the common people. In addition, over 100 members of parliament have joined the fight. The Dynamo Football Club of Kiev, many of whom are millionaires, have shared pictures of themselves armed with rifles and ready to fight. Putin expected little resistance, but he is being met with fierce patriotism. Something, ironically, he has invented with his annexation of Crimea and support of the rebels in the Donbass region. During the early hours of the invasion, stories about the bravery of the soldiers of Ukraine have been leaked all over the internet. The ghost of Kiev, an ace fighter pilot, allegedly shot down six Russian jets while defending Kievian airspace. Russians' invasion plans were to blitzkrieg Ukraine and dominate Ukrainian airspace and destabilize the country's logistic abilities. As of now, they have been unable to do so. The 13 soldiers of Zmini Island, Snake Island, a strategically important island nearby the Russian-controlled Crimea. A Russian warship approached the small barren island, radioing the soldiers, saying,
I am a Russian military ship. Repeat, I am a Russian military ship. I propose you lay down your arms immediately to avoid bloodshed and unjustified deaths. Otherwise, you will be bombed. I am repeating, I am a Russian military warship. I propose you lay down your arms or you will be hit. Acknowledge. Russian warship, go fuck yourself. The soldiers of Snake Island were then killed in a bombardment of the island. The slogan, Russian warship, go fuck yourself, has become a rallying cry for the Ukrainian people and can be seen posted on shirts and billboards around the country. Ukrainian soldier Vitaly Skakun Volodymyrovich volunteered to place mines on a bridge located off of Crimea in order to stall a row of tanks advancing. He placed the mines, but he didn't have time to get away. He heroically blew himself up with the bridge in order to prevent the tanks from advancing. His move had allowed Ukrainian military units to regroup and redeploy its defenses. These stories of heroism have been rallying the Ukrainian people. Also, videos of Russian war atrocities have had the same effect. A video leaked online of a Russian tank deliberately and maliciously running over a civilian car driving on the opposite side of the road has shocked people. The driver of the car miraculously survived. The Russian stock market crashed after the invasion. This was to be expected, as the US and West have regularly used sanctions as a way of deterring Russian aggression in the past. Putin has been preparing for this by taking Russian currency reserves and placing them on foreign currency. The ruble is not dependent upon dollars or euros like many countries are, but a diverse mix of euros, dollars, Chinese yuan, British pounds, as well as other currencies. The Central Bank of Russia suspended equity trading at the Moscow Exchange on Monday due to heightened volatility brought by harsher Western sanctions on Russia as retaliatory measures on the Russian invasion of Ukraine. The development came after the Russian Central Bank raised its key policy rate to 20% from 9.5% on Monday. In an emergency move to counter the risk of further deprecation in the currency, the Russian ruble tanked as much as 40% in offshore markets after Western nations announced new sanctions against Russia over its invasion of Ukraine. The US, EU, and their allies agreed on Saturday to remove key Russian banks from the SWIFT interbank messaging system and freeze the assets of Russia's central bank, limiting the country's ability to access its overseas reserves. It was announced on Monday that flights going to and leaving Russia would be suspended until further time from many European countries as well as Canada. Russia's media is largely ignoring the invasion of Ukraine. However, when covered, the state media of Russia largely blames Ukraine as American imperialist puppets and Nazis. There is some validity to these Nazi claims, as Ukraine is the only country in the world to support the Azov Battalion, a far-right Nazi militia that formed and received U.S. backing during the annexation of Crimea. It should be noted that in times of desperation, such as the largest country in the world invading you, you probably won't be picky and choosy with your friends. Putin gave a speech claiming he was protecting Russian-speaking Ukrainians from the genocidal Nazi Ukrainian regime in Kiev. Russia has alleged Ukraine started this war by attacking them from the Ukrainian border. Main Putin opponent Alexei Navalny, whose arrest last year sparked a series of massive anti-democratic protests in Russia, tweeted from behind bars that the invasion is a demonstration meant to take Russia's eye off of the faltering economy and growing corruption. Many are saying Putin is losing his grip on reality. Putin upped the alert on deterrence forces, 
which includes the nuclear arsenal. Russia is the world's largest nuclear weapons holder. He has declared this conflict a result of American and NATO aggression on Russia. As of two days ago, he has threatened military and political consequences to Finland and Sweden if they try joining NATO. Putin threatened in the early hours of the invasion, saying, If you try to stop us, you'll face consequences that you have never faced in your history. Another video of Putin has leaked on the internet where he humiliated his spy chief, Sergei Narishkin. Narishkin suggested giving Ukraine and the West one last chance at accepting an ultimatum of Russia's demands. Narishkin, like something out of a movie on Joseph Stalin, begins stuttering and, well, shitting his pants in front of Putin. Putin says to the stuttering man, Speak! Speak! Speak plainly! Interrupting him again. I would support or I am supporting. Speak plainly, Sergei. Say it like this. Yes or no? Sergei answers. I support the proposal about the entry of Donetsk and Luhansk People's Republics into the Russian Federation. Putin begins laughing while not making eye contact. We're not talking about that. We're talking about recognizing their independence. Sergei says, yes, I support recognizing their independence. Changing his original talking point into one of agreement with Putin. Putin finishes by saying, very well, take your seat. As of now, Ukraine's two largest cities, Kharkiv near the Russian border and Kiev, located near the Belarusian border, are under siege. The Ukrainian government has banned all men aged 18 to 60 from leaving the country. Zelensky imposed martial law, requesting all men who are willing to fight, both in Ukraine and abroad, to come to Ukraine and do so, tweeting, We will give weapons to anyone who wants to defend the country. Be ready to support Ukraine in the squares of our cities. Europe has thrown open its borders, accepting not just the refugees from Ukraine, but even their pets. I'm not going to lie, this is kind of a slap in the face to humanity, considering Poland, who is now accepting Ukrainian pets without passports, just last year refused a massive wave of Syrian refugees from the Belarusian border. The refugees were stuck in a no-man's land between the two countries, and some of them died. But I digress. The war in Ukraine is still in its early days. But protests of the Russian invasion can be seen all over the world, including in Russia. The next step will be a meeting of peace talks between Vladimir Putin and Volodymyr Zelensky. Zelensky has stated he doesn't feel that much will result from the meetings, especially considering they're being hosted by Putin's largest supporter, Belarus. But he will attend, stating, So that not a single citizen of Ukraine has any doubt left that I, as president, used every chance to stop this war, even a small one що потім у жодного громадянина України не було жодного сумніву, що я, як президент, не намагався зупинити війну, коли був, нехай, і маленький, але все ж таки шанс.